One of the great pleasures of putting together this podcast every week is finding those amazing individuals whose work bring art and culture together to tell the story of adventure. Unfortunately, it's not often that I can make a more direct connection to the active lifestyle through the performing art of music. But more than two years ago, I became acquainted with the work of climber and rap artist Chris Hampton, a singer known as O-Dub. His name was derived while blending his love for music with his passion for climbing wide cracks on rock walls, commonly known as off-widths. And basically I was recording songs in a, a little old studio in a bad neighborhood in Cincinnati. And I was the only white guy that recorded in the studio. And I come out of the booth one day to record a song, or j- just finished recording a song, the song Off With. And all these thugged out guys in, you know, white t-shirts to their knees are all staring at me like I'm an idiot. Like, what is this guy talking about? Yeah. Uh, where's all my tradies at? This one goes out to all the wide crack climbers. All those who know the sport climbing is neither. Think about reaching up high to slot the first jam. Kick your feet and crack the foot above your hands. Then you shuffle your legs. You sit up in the room so much back breaking work for just an inch to move. Your fist jams, lips damn. It's too wide, it's not working. No familiar face holds. Still your brain keeps searching. It's a failing debate. You can't wait to get off this. Bitch, welcome to off with. You know, they, they understood the spirit of the song but they didn't have a clue what I was talking about. So they caught on to the word off with and started using it like off the hook or off the chain. Like, man, that was off with, you know. So they used it all week while I'm in there recording and they started calling me off with and then somebody shortened it to O-Dub and it just went from there. Gonna cry now? What's wrong? You can't handle it? With topical lyrics and bouncy jams authentic to his own experience, Chris O'Dub Hampton brings the art of songwriting to the sport of climbing. Through his rap songs, he's creating new anthems to both inspire and chronicle the life of adventure, but with a modern twist that's still reminiscent of the poets and ballad writers in the classic style of the mountaineering tradition. I'm James Mills, and you're listening to the Joy Trip Project. But I don't hear it, I ain't listening, it don't even matter. Just take my word for it, don't make me say I told you. You see me on the cracks and you gon' see me getting bolder. The way I run it out, don't leave me feeling doubt. Before I know it, I keep going 25 feet out. But I don't get scared, so what you think you know me? I trust that number two, but totally it's so low below me. But then I look down, now I'm feeling nervous. I've been out before, but this is by far the furthest. Can I keep it going? I don't think I can. Sweaty palms, slipping from the hand jams. Hope that gear is solid. Damn it, best be. My only plan is if this can better catch me. I'm always interested in finding out where a person like you gets his start. Now, you're originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your origins. What was it like when you were growing up? Well, I grew up in a pretty much all-white neighborhood, uh, and a pretty racist neighborhood, actually. So hip-hop wasn't a thing that I had any inkling of. I didn't know it existed. And then uh, a neighbor moved in, and he was a white kid, but he had come from New York and knew about hip-hop, and he brought tapes with him of Run DMC and the Fat Boys, and, you know, and I was instantly smitten. I had to have it all, you know, so I would record tapes from him 
and I would dub those tapes so I had several copies because I knew my mom would take it away as soon as she heard it, you know, so she'd take the tape away and I'd just go get another copy, you know, and listen to Slick Rick over and over and over, so. So that's kind of where I got into hip hop and you know, that's, that's pretty much what my youth consisted of for a long time was, was just hip hop, break dancing and music and now, what's fascinating, though, is that you've done a really good job of melding your interest in climbing. And not unlike it being unusual for a white kid from Cincinnati to take up hip-hop, I think it's also unusual for anybody from Cincinnati or uh, Ohio, not exactly known as a climbing area. Where'd that interest come from? Well, I was interested in gymnastics just from learning to tumble in the neighborhood when I grew up. And there was a gymnastic gym not too far away so I would walk the railroad tracks to the gym and uh, so I did gymnastics for a number of years and uh, and then I tried rock climbing with a friend and and it just the strengths translated over you know it just uh, it came pretty easily at first so so I stuck with it you know it was a way to keep myself out of trouble I stuck with it so where did you do your climbing uh, Red River Gorge is only about two hours away so we really have a world-class destination the perfect distance away. It's far enough that we have to just train during the week which only makes you stronger and then you know we get to go actually rock climbing on the weekends so so it's actually a pretty good setup and we've got some strong climbers have come out of Cincinnati so. How do these worlds come together for you? I mean it sounds like like you really made an interesting pairing. How does your interest in hip-hop influence your climbing and vice versa? I'm not sure how it influences it necessarily, but they've really worked hand in hand pretty well. You know, I've been able, I've been fortunate to be able to have sponsors like Evolve and Maxim Ropes and Faded Orange who pay for me to go on these climbing trips because I'm performing at the events. So basically going to do these hip hop shows is paid for climbing trips. You know, they just, they work great because I perform at night, so I'm not climbing at night. And you meet a lot of interesting people and hear a lot of interesting stories out climbing. And my, uh, my hip-hop style is, is pretty much storytelling. You know, most of my songs have a story, have a point. I don't like to rap just for the sake of rapping. So I, I use all the stories I hear from people at the crags or that I see myself or experience myself. To, to make these songs. See, now, I find that fascinating because I don't think that the modern climbing era has a, a musical tradition. You know, and, and I think that you, you succeeded in, in perhaps you know, being uh, our, our musical storyteller. Is that, is that a fair way to describe what you do? Uh, yeah, I think so. And that's what I aspire to at this point anyway. You know, there were a lot of poets in climbing history and a few, a few musical people too that uh, wrote songs about just little ditties they would perform at campfires about you know the climbers that were around them and uh, the Stone Masters had you know John Long who you know immortalized everything they did in in words and you know I, I know I'm not going to be to that level because I don't have a small little community around me that's that's controlling the whole climbing world essentially. And the climbing world's grown to a, a crazy size that you couldn't possibly keep up with it all. But I really enjoy telling the important stories of climbing. 
you know, if, if people hear those stories and learn and want to dig more into the history, then, then I've been successful. That's frankly how I became familiar with your work. You did a song that basically immortalized Todd Skinner, someone who inspired you. Tell me about that song and, and what made you decide to write it. Well, first let me say Todd Skinner immortalized himself. was a pretty amazing athlete, and that's how I thought of Todd, uh, was as this mythical creature, this mythical athlete. And uh, just his sense of adventure that he would believe uh, the believe things to be possible when everyone else thought they were impossible, you know, that really struck me early on reading his name in guidebooks, and I wanted to hear more about him. Uh, and I learned these amazing things about this guy. And uh, when Todd passed away, I saw, shortly after he passed away, um, I saw a, a magazine cover in an airport. I believe it was a men's journal. And it had a painting of Todd on it. And uh, the painting was of him falling. And I was horrified. You know, I picked up the magazine and bought it because I was nervous about what I was going to read in the story. And, and I was right. The story was, was horrific. Obviously not written by a climber. But I make my living as a visual artist. And as a visual artist, I had to look at the, the painting and say, wow, you know, it's, it's a really well done painting. Uh, and I decided I would take the painting to my coworkers, who are all artists, and ask them their opinion, give them the brief background. You know, this guy passed away, and and see what they thought about it. And the, as soon as I said it to the guy, he said, he's not falling, he's floating. Uh, and it struck me that once I looked at it, that's actually the truth. He was, he was floating. There was nothing indicating he was falling. I just perceived it that way because I, had, I knew the story. And uh, so that's where the song Float came from. I had heard a song by Misty Murphy with the words uh, endlessly floating, and that reminded me of this painting of Todd, and I remixed Misty's song and sent it to her, and she did some more and sent it back to me, and you know, it, it became the song Float. How does it feel to you to associate your work with someone whose memory is so important to you? You know, at first I didn't, I didn't even consider it that way. I just considered it sort of a, a letter of thank you, you know, to Todd Skinner. But I've since become uh, really close friends with, with Amy Skinner, his wife, and with his children. Uh, and my daughter and Todd's children are friends. And, and in fact, the woman who was the nanny uh, for Todd's children when he passed is now my girlfriend living with me in Cincinnati, Ohio. So... Uh, my, lives, my life has become really intertwined with the Skinner family, and, and it, it occurs to me that that song really changed the course of my life uh, in a really positive way. And, you know, so not only was the letter a thank you, or the song a letter of thank you, but I have to thank him again for the positive spin he put on my life because of that. So what is your life like now? You did a great performance last night here at the Thanks. New River Rendezvous, and you're working with the visual artist Jeremy Collins. You really came up with a, a fantastic rendition of song and art. What does the future hold for you? Good things, I think. 
the thing with Jeremy was great, and we plan on continuing that. Uh, it was a concept that's been long in the making. Craig Lubins have been telling us both for years that we should get together with the other and do something, and, and it wasn't until New River Rendezvous, uh, Ocho Loco, that we could make it happen, you know? They, it just happened by chance, and, and we're both glad it did, and last night was our first run through, and it went great. We're both really psyched to build it into something better. Um, finishing up an album with Misty Murphy, uh, the album's entitled Float, and that should be hopefully finished up by this July, and we'll have that out. And I've got lots of other musical projects I'm working on, so you're going to see a lot of that. And I've been training super hard. The goal is to climb 514 in the next couple of years, so you know, I think that's going to happen. So when people hear your music, what do you want them to hear? You know, I don't want to dictate what they hear. I want to tell a story, and what they get out of that story is, is up to them. You know, I don't want to force them to, to get a certain message out of it or to hear something specific. I just want to give the vague elements uh, that inspire me and that, that inspire me to write a story and, and let them gain whatever message they need from it. That's, that's really the goal of all art, I think, is for people to get whatever message they need at that time. I was young and dumb and just begun I needed someone to show me how to run I never was gun shy, talking to talk You made sure that I didn't fall when I walked You led by example, I followed your lead Pioneering spirit, how I wanted to be Never calling all heroes, you were first in line But you'll always be near us, legends never die ODEP's new album, Float, will be available in July 2010 Find out how you can get a copy online at odub, that's O-D-U-B, music.com. This conversation took place in Fayetteville, West Virginia during the 2010 New River Rendezvous. Special thanks to sponsors Trango, Prana, Sterling Rope, Chaco, Evil, and Osprey for underwriting travel and production expenses that made this podcast possible. And of course, thanks to our continuing sponsor, Patagonia. Find links to their websites on our website at joytripproject.com. Thanks for listening. But you know, we want to hear from you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by posting a link to it on your Facebook page or send it out as a tweet to your followers on Twitter. Post your comments to the Joy Trip Project blog or send us an email at info at joytripproject.com. Share your stories. Share your passion for outdoor recreation, environmental conservation, acts of charitable giving, and practices of sustainable living. And you just might inspire our next Joy Trip together. But most of all, don't forget to tell your friends. For the Joy Trip Project, this is James Mills. Thank you.